This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our show in which we are so hot. I can't even put the TGT logo on because it's genuinely creating so much of a heat source these days that I just can't handle it. I am braving the window being open. If anyone in the UK right now understands what I'm going for, and it's actually, it's kind of brave to have your window open because you immediately are swarmed by the insects that are outside coming indoors. Uh, we've bought uh, we've got one of those, what are they called? Citrine candles or citrusy or something like that. Trying to do everything we can to keep them away. But uh, apologies for uh, the uh, the chaos of the usual background not being lit up. But we are doing everything we can to cool ourselves down. And I think from an Arsenal perspective, we need to be cooling ourselves down from our thoughts around transfers. Thankfully, I've got two fantastic guests for you this evening to try and make sense of everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. First of all, introducing once again from AFTV, it's James. How are you doing? James, you good, Joel? I'm very good. I'm very, I mean, I'm very good. I'm enjoying the good weather. I'm enjoying the stress of the transfer window. Some days I'm extremely excited. Some hours mm. later, I'm, um, I don't know, having thoughts about Edu and <laughs> I'm feeling about that. But look, it's, it's, it's all good, man. It's uh, the transfer window. Let's say it's exciting. Arsenal are keeping us busy. And life's mm. all good as well. So great to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, welcome back as well. Welcome back indeed. And another James in the chat has, has rightfully pointed out, Citronella is what I was going for. That was what it is. Uh, it's apparently meant to be quite good for that sort of thing. But uh, mixed results so far, it's fair to say. <laughs> uh, let's bring in our second and final guest of the day as well. Welcoming back to the channel. Always a pleasure to speak to them. It's Chris Davison. How are you doing, Chris? Good evening, Tom. I'm very well, thank you. Good evening, James. Good evening to everyone listening in. Yeah, I think James summed up quite nicely there. Enjoying the weather, trying to trying to stay positive, um, but then all of a sudden I open up Twitter and it's uh, thunderstorms and pouring down with rain. Um, that's what it feels like. Um, but uh, you know, um, trying to you know uh, remain optimistic, enjoying it to a certain extent, and um, of course, very early days, so a lot can change. Mm. And speaking of a, a lot can change, I, I always feel like I need to caveat the start of these shows um, with the fact that it's 5pm uh, on the 23rd of June, as we are recording, 
and things may change. They may change during the show. They may change after the show. I mean, they definitely will change after the show. So just be aware of whatever we're discussing is being done at this very time. And if anything changes, uh, we'll be sure to let you know as well. And Harry yeah. joining us in the chat box as well from the Chronicles of Zaguna. Yeah, it's it's a night. I'm trying to wear more freeing clothing. That's all I can say. More freeing clothing is the way to go. Uh, James, talk to me, mate, about Declan Rice and the current situation that we find ourselves in. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Tom, I, I have no idea. I, last night, I was at this actual work function. It was really nice, having some drinks. I was thought, let me just let loose and relax a little bit because this transfer stuff. And then Demarcia, who credit to him, was at the very forefront of the city bid yesterday, earlier in the day, then says advanced talks. And I'm thinking, or, or close to agreeing a deal. And I thought, well, that's it now. You know, City have done their whole transfer mm. wrapped up in a day thing. But then a lot of reporters, really reputable ones, good, you know, really well sourced, all said he still prefers Arsenal. You know, this isn't done. And now we actually thought by, like you said, five past five today, that I think we'd have heard a little bit more. There'd have been an Ornstein bomb. There'd have been something that progressed it. But actually, a lot of the kind of murmurs, even from the more reliable ITKs, is actually West Ham haven't had a bid from either side. I think all this kind of storm on Twitter is more driven by fans and and what's being reported and stuff and actually i think both clubs are pretty calmly just waiting for their next move so what i'd say is i think probably things aren't as crazy inside the walls of the clubs and declan rice as it is out here um mm. but i i do think at the same time we'll get uh, a resolution soon to this whole thing mm. it's just about whether that resolution will fall in arsenal's favor or not we'll discuss that shortly chris mm to get your own view on kind of things you know i titled the video where is the city bids because it, it's always felt like i remember the mudrick situation if we cast our minds back to january i remember when those reports came out that a delegation was flying out to poland to, to discuss things with mudrick that happened relatively quickly i think it was like in a case of like 12 hours chelsea had actually wrapped up that mudrick situation but you know we're nearly 24 hours after i think it was demarcio's tweet um suggesting that that you know man city were close i think he's recently put out another tweet this afternoon saying that talks are advanced which i don't know how that's different from the previous one but uh, it seems like things are moving in a direction towards a conclusion as james says so where do you kind of sit on on where you think we might be with the situation i mean you've both made different so, 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 in answer to that question <laughs> i mean look I, I, I don't want to sort of be boring as such with the answer but again i, I genuinely don't know i mean who knows uh, apart, mm. apart from those actually involved in the deal i don't think anyone really knows what's going on at the moment um I, again with the noises coming out it seems as if it's heading towards a conclusion and as you say tom you know whether that's going to be an arsenal's foe we don't know yet um but yeah I, I, I think this was inevitable this this situation with city coming in um their interest had been sort of um mentioned for for a while for the last couple of weeks um but I'm I'm remaining quietly optimistic, um, I guess, um, and I, I think I'm putting that more down to the fact that obviously Arsenal, Edu, Arteta have put in a lot of groundwork into this deal already, um, and that's been widely re reported. Um, you you hope that already in the players' mind it's Arsenal and it's Arsenal only, and that won't change. But of course, you know when. The treble winners come calling and Pep Guardiola's on the phone, it can, you would imagine, um, turn turn one's head a little bit. So 
that, that I'm, I'm not I'm not 100 confident. I, I, I'll, I'll admit that, but mm. um, I'm remaining I'm remaining quietly optimistic due to obviously the, the you know the the, the 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 groundwork we've put in so far and. And obviously the reports um, stating that, that Rice is, is leaning more towards Arsenal. But uh, again, you mentioned Mudrick there, Tom. I, I know you obviously can't really compare the two different circumstances, different deals. Um, but I guess that's, you know, that stayed with a lot of Arsenal fans since January. Um, and that fear of, 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 of history repeating itself. And I suppose it's, it's hard to overlook look past that and I guess that's sort of where my fears come from I suppose you know Mudrick was even posting himself in Arsenal shirts on social media and praising yeah. Mikel Arteta and calling a, a brilliant coach etc um, and Arsenal again were, were I think prior even prior months before January were, were, were in contact with Mudrick's representatives and and expressed their interest um, and despite of that, as you mentioned, Chelsea wrapped up a deal in six, twelve, you know, twenty-four hours, whatever, in a day's in a day's time. Um, and it just goes to show how quickly things can change. Um, so, yeah, um, not getting ahead of myself, certainly not that um, with with this particular deal. But um, like I say, remaining optimistic to a certain extent. Yeah, indeed. I mean, James, do you feel there is, you know, that sense of optimism still uh, that's there to have? Um, because as we've, we used the Madrid example about kind of how that was wrapped up relatively quickly. And I saw reports this morning suggesting that, Dec uh, that Man City was still kind of working out if, if Declan yeah. Rice would fit into their kind of plan for the future. I, I imagine that they'll come to the conclusion that he does and, you know, they are going to move for him. But is there optimism, do you feel, that the preference side of things from the player's side might be enough in this case where it wasn't for Mudrick in January. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I mean, I could look so stupid in, I was about to say in an hour's time, it could be in five minutes' time I'm saying this, but... <laughs> we but, kind of admit that when we get into the world of Arsenal, you know, YouTubing. It's just part yeah, of the Yeah, job, very true. You know what you sign up to, but I, I, I think while the, the David Ornstein news that City were making a bid today, that's what he said, you know, David Ornstein, I consider him the king of transfers. And so that was like, wow, if they're coming in and they're making a bid and this has reached Ornstein, you just felt there was going to be a snowball. But at the same time, it's a, it's a bit like uh, when they say rip off a Band-Aid. And that, that happened and we, kind of, we felt that pain of it. We kind of thought we knew where this was going to go. And then actually when that happens, but then 24 hours, it hasn't progressed the way you think, it almost maybe makes you more confident than perhaps you were pre the Ornstein thing because you always felt City were lingering. It's almost a mm. slightly weirdly better position to think, oh, but we know they're in and it hasn't gone super quickly. So maybe there's weight to this. He wants to be at Arsenal. He wants to be in London or uh, City aren't sure where he fits all that. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, and I'm not saying it's coming from Ornstein at all. Mm. I think there's a lot of mixed information going around. Um and it wouldn't be surprising if different parties are saying different things. And actually, yeah. like we said, behind the scenes, everything's a bit sort of quieter and a bit more calm than we think. If I'm to, you asked a question earlier, kind of what we think is going on. And I wasn't really sure. So going for a pause, if I'm to just plant my flag in, why not? Just put out an opinion, put out a prediction. Mm. I think we are in this kind of, he does, he is swaying towards Arsenal. I think he is. I think yeah. if right now he had to say yes to one of them, you know, and he's put on the spot and the same offers were coming from both clubs. I think Arsenal have put enough groundwork in and he has really been sold on that. The thing is, there's no deadline to this. Well, there is. There's September 1st or whenever. 
So this can drag on, really. He can just have more calls with Pep Guardiola. He can hear City's thoughts. He can wait for them to decide what they want. So I think we are in a in the best place right now. Unfortunately, that just doesn't matter because there isn't a, a time limit on it. Mm. Uh, Ed says, trying to keep Tom's positive mantra, but I'm cracking under the pressure uh, at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I stand, Chris, with, with James. You know, I, I feel as though Rice would choose Arsenal out of the two if indeed an agreement between the clubs was was reached. But there's, I think what the, a lot of the fan frustration is around why Arsenal haven't yet obviously reached that agreement and also about kind of the time the whole saga is, is dragging on as well. T- to provide context of the question, and as I've reported on FL, is that West Ham have had never any intention, no matter what the bid was, to, to do this deal early. They always wanted to wait until another club came in, at least one other club came in. Man United are still apparently monitoring the situation and kind of just waiting on the sidelines, seeing what's happening before they make an official move themselves. And with that, it feels like Arsenal have done the legwork of the whole deal to kind of bring this valuation previously talked about £120 million down to closer of £100 million is what West Ham would now take for him because City's reported bid is is going to be apparently around £90 million just with more attractive kind of add-ons in the context of Man City and of course the, the majority of it probably paid up front in two installments. So do you think people are fair to criticise the way in which Arsenal have approached the bidding that they've gone through to try and get Rice early doors? I don't know if it's fair. No, I wouldn't say it's fair um, because, again, we from the outside don't know what's you know what's happening uh, on the inside. And and I think obviously as fans, the immediate reaction is, and the, I guess the 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 um, the normal reaction as supporters is, uh, you know, why aren't we just slapping a hundred million pounds on the table, getting this done, um, not going through the stress, not being risky, and and waiting for Manchester City to come in, etc. That is the natural reaction. And I, I mean, I even tweeted it yesterday when when um, the reports started to come in that Man City were were uh, preparing a bid. It was expected to go in, as James said yesterday, um, according to different people. And um, I I I reacted to that and was like, look, Arsenal. I appreciate you trying to get the best deal on your side of things. You know, that mm. that is normal. And I get that any club would do that, as, as it was widely said at the time when that first bid went in. Like, why have we just put on, well, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was like 75 million there around and then with additional add-ons and et cetera. Um, and I, people were asking and criticising that and, and, and questioning that. But you you're always going to be, and again, I'm not, I'm not a sport and director. I don't work in finances, etc. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but you know, it's common sense, certainly from my point of view, that if you're ready, if you're Arsenal and you're the recruitment team in charge of this deal or any deal, you test the waters first. And again, I think, you know, we've been speaking about it there at Declan Rice's uh, preference and lean more towards Arsenal. Maybe Arsenal have got that, that clarification from Declan, that he does want them and only them. We're just waiting for things to play out, waiting for a deal for to be agreed. And that's why Arsenal are taking their time. That's been one of the sort of like explanations, if you like, of the possible reason why we're sort of treading carefully, treading slowly with this one. Um, because they know that, you know, they don't need to rush and that they're not under pressure. Um, of course, now we're going to have to wait and see if that, the, the Man-, Man City situation, them entering the race will change the pressure and will change their stance on it. Will that get things moving quicker on the Arsenal side of things? We'll have to wait and see. And obviously, 
an expected third bid up from Arsenal is expected to go in uh, as well. Um, so I, I think it, yeah, I mean, without, you know, having the inside knowledge of exactly what's being spoken about um, in, in, in these negotiations, it would be unfair, I think, for us to just go out um, and, and blame, blame the club, blame Edu and whatnot um, for, for, you know, treading slowly with this and testing the waters first because that is that is standard in these negotiations um however you know i think once me once we know the outcome and if of course if it is not a if it is not a positive outcome i do think we have the right to question it because Mm. a lot of groundwork has gone into this deal It's, it's been happening behind the scenes for a very very long time and then I think we would have more of a right. I'm not, I'm not sitting there and going to say, oh, right, Eddie's got to be sacked. That's it. That's him done at Arsenal. That's enough. Um, yeah. Absolute shambles. I'm not going to throw my toys at the pram, but absolutely not. I'm not, I, I don't approach things like this as an Arsenal fan. I try and look at the bigger picture. I try and be positive. Um, but I would question it uh, because it's, it'll be the second time, potentially even the third time. If you include, uh, include Caicedo in January as well, we put in a couple of bids, didn't we? we weren't able to get that big one over the line. Um, but it would be, you know, yeah, like I say, the second or third time, especially in recent times where we haven't been able to get a big deal over the line. And I think, you know, when it's been so widely reported in the media to the public that Arsenal are leading the race, they're confident that Kenny wants us and, talks have been going on for a very very long time you've got to sit back and think well how has this been able to happen um and like i said that's if obviously the outcome's negative but um of course you know if it's it's a positive outcome then everyone's going to be you know full of praise to the club and rightly so because it's a big deal but again you know it just depends on what the outcome is yeah i think that's what it is well sorry sorry sorry. no i i think it's more about the history of big deals that haven't got done um, I think if you are taking in isolation, you can somewhat forgive Arsenal not beating Manchester City to Declan Rice. Like that in itself is a very plausible thing. Um, it it would be the it would be looking back at Alwar twenty twenty. It would be looking at Lissandro Martinez. It would be looking at Vlahovic and Caicedo. And then you start to add these things up, and you go, why is it every time? And Mudrik Mudrik really is the big one. You start going, why is it every time there's been a top top target that Arteta clearly wants, we haven't got it done. Um, I don't think it's just... Because I, I think Edu and Arteta here, they might have played a blinder. They might have played an absolute... And I'm being glass half full here, admittedly. But they might have played an absolute blinder that they've put so much legwork in that even big Man City can come in with big Guardiola and their three trophies and go, hey, do you want to come, Declan? And he goes, actually, no, I've agreed to Arsenal. I mean, that'd be mm. a masterstroke. That'd be an absolute mm. masterstroke. But... Then if they haven't got it done and they come in and they're able to just nick him from you, even though he's happy to join, then it's a disaster. I mean, it really it hangs in the balance massively for them. I, I hope not just for the club, but for them that this goes the right way. Mm. No, absolutely. I think, you know, I think, and the next question I was going to ask you, Jane, was around kind of the the the, the money involved, you know, of what we're doing. And to, to get to that question, to, to apply context based upon what you've said there, I think Arsenal have put a lot of work into this. Yeah, And the question mark is, uh, not even the question mark, the reality is, if Arsenal agree a fee with West Ham, to my understanding, he comes to Arsenal. 
Like if, if we agree the fee with West Ham, no matter if Man City also agree a fee with West Ham, his choice is to move to Arsenal. Man City have come into this. You know, they were being briefed on it. They were always kind of sitting on the outside, watching from the stands, if you like, seeing how Arsenal did. And then when they recognised that Arsenal were not succeeding in agreeing this fee and that West Ham kept batting them away... Because, you know, they from Man City's perspective, you're thinking, well, we probably know he wants to go to Arsenal as a preference. But if Arsenal are unable to reach the figure that West Ham are asking for, potentially they can't. Potentially they can't reach that figure. And we know as the club that just won the treble and that are backed by, you know, huge investors, we can reach most likely the figure that West Ham are going to ask. And that is the reason why West Ham, sorry, why Man City have come in to this deal. What I want to ask you is around that Arsenal side of not being able to reach that fee. Mm. Should Arsenal be able to reach? If we hypothetically suggest that this is, you know, and a lot of very reliable sources are now suggesting that 120 million valuation has dropped closer to 100 million now. And West Ham are really looking for that record-breaking deal on their part. If Arsenal have already bid a structure of 90 million, which, yes, supposedly was split up into four or five years with add-ons, which West Ham don't believe in an Arsenal context to be realistic... Do you feel as though Arsenal should be able to go to that one hundred million pound plus figure? Uh, yeah, I think they can. I think mm. they can. Um, well, why wouldn't they then? Is I guess the question to follow up with. Yeah, because I think there is something in this report that originally they thought eighty million would be good for all parties, and that it's mm. gone up. I do think there's something in that. I also think that West Ham would have wanted a bidding war. So I think, ultimately, if you're waiting for a bidding war, well, let's start the bidding war a bit lower then. I'm not sure. Everyone in the comments, just bear with me a second. I'm not 100% sure that Man City coming into the race is a terrible thing for the ultimate transfer fee. I know that it's seen as they bid 92, we bid 95, they bid 98, they we bid like. That's kind of how people think it will happen. Mm-hmm. Man City's opening bid is pretty much the same as ours. Just, again, more achievable add-ons, like you said, and a slightly better payment structure. It's not exactly blowing us out of the water. That's not far off the deal I saw West Ham fans calling embarrassing and yep. insulting. And so Man City aren't going to come in because that's not how they've ever done things under Guardiola um, You know, in the last five, six years. They're not going to come in and go, yeah, 120 million, he's, yeah, he's ours. I just don't think they're going to do that. So actually, I think in a, in a weird way, City coming in, not in terms of benefiting Arsenal, but in terms of keeping that transfer fee low, I think almost goes, yeah, no, we are in. But like, also, don't take the piss. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that. Um, no, you, you can. Know, don't, fine. Okay, <laughs> don't take the piss. Um, we're also coming in at the £90 million valuation, maybe 95 And Arsenal go, yeah, cool, we'll match that. And then it's about what the player wants. I, so it really is like, should we have just got to 100 and just paid what they wanted? I really believe, and maybe it's just pure copiumness, I really believe if we offered 100, they'd have asked for 110. I just believe that. I yeah. just don't think there was ever a set price, like a release clause type price, that they would have just said, yep, yeah, cool, thank you for meeting that on June 1st. Let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're always going to wait for a bidding war. So, um, and, and I don't think Man City are actually going to go to ridiculous... Uh, I actually believe that report, you know, that they're not 100% sure if that's definitely the player they want. I'm, I, yeah. I do believe that. Yes, he's a supremely talented player, but, you know, is he a Gundogan? I think he's a mm. box-to-box in a way. I'm not sure he's got the final third quality and intricacies and tight areas that Gundogan has. Um, 
So, you know, I, I don't know. I think they are pondering it as well in a weird way. I, look, I'm probably just being ultra hopeful. Maybe it's a Friday afternoon, the sun's out, I'm feeling good. Um, but, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Arsenal could have just gone, here's 100 million, let's do it. I don't think that would have, I don't think that would have materialised the way we think. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I agree. I think that what what I struggle with and what I will struggle with rather is the better way to phrase it is if Man City agree a fee below £100 million, that's when I'm going to start sitting here and going, as I think Chris said earlier, you know, that's when we're going to start questioning, you know, why, if they're able to agree a fee there, A, haven't we matched it? And I'm not talking about matching it in terms of add-ons like winning the Premier League. I'm saying matching it, but our add-ons are qualify for the Champions League, you know, get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup or you know, get to the quarters of the Champions League. Something that West Ham see as a realistic attainable achievement for Arsenal. That's when I will question that. And that's sure. when I'll start looking at, you know, I don't want to get into the whole debate about the Edu versus the owners because we talked a lot about on yesterday's show, but specifically on the financial side of things, Chris, the the Kai Havertz deal, you know, Arsenal have agreed a deal, £60 million spread across three years, £5 million in add-ons is the suggested um, uh, kind of breakup of that. People have suggested that, well, that's a lot of money that you've spent on a player. You're maybe looking at the Declan Rice deal and thinking we can't go higher than this figure for Declan Rice. Well, why on earth did you spend so much on Kai Havertz? How would you tackle that kind of obstacle being thrown the club's way? Yeah, well, uh, again, I mean, I know it's the sort of easy answer in a way, but we don't know, apart from a few reports here and there, um, we don't know, obviously, how much Arteta's got to spend this uh, this summer, I guess. Re- you know, really? Um I, look, 60, 65 million. Um, I mean, obviously, 67 has been mentioned as well, if the, the add ons included and stuff. It is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Um, especially, you know, when obviously the, the player involved and the question marks around the, the move altogether. But, um, I mean, if those reports are to believe, be believed as well, um we've got we've got Havertz for for just under what Chelsea were were originally looking for I think we're, was it, I think uh, 75 mentioned something like that uh, that Chelsea were holding out for um again it might not seem a lot but we've got him for less after you know putting in that initial bid it was rejected um so look Arsenal are always as the buy is going to be looking to get the best price possible then you know that is that's that's fair enough that's that's how they approach these these any deal really i mean we're, i'm sure we're probably going to touch on them in a little while but uh during timber that's obviously been um being looked at as well we've already had a bit knocked back for him and we're going to go back into to another one and uh, there's already already reports with that one that ix was saying that uh, we want 60 million but you know we, we might be able to sanction something below that again so 
that that's looking like a good deal. So, I mean, it, it's hard to say, isn't it, Tom, without really knowing the ins and outs of Arsenal's finances and what's available to, to spend this summer um, in order to answer that. But, you know, Arsenal must have some confidence, um, whether it's from, from West Ham, whether it's from the players' side, that they can get Rice at a fee that was originally going to be below West Ham's asking prices that sort of James has been touching on there. Um, and uh, just like they did with, with Havertz, you know, there was an indication that they were, were going to be able to wrap that up for lower than what Chelsea were originally asking for. And now obviously with Timber as well. So um, it's hard to say, obviously, until the deal's done. And we, we know the figures for certain, the confirmed figures are involved to, to, to judge that. But um there's, there's got to be assurances, and maybe Eddie, you know, as well, he'll know how much the club has got to spend this summer, and be like, right, obviously we've been able to wrap up Havertz first, um, because Chelsea were wanting and needing to sell, the player was keen, um, that's done, but we've we've managed to go you know, get a, go and get a price which isn't going to sort of impact the the the, the one for for Rice uh, in the coming days and weeks, so um the club would have planned all of that out i think they'll 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 know that regardless of of Havertz, probably regardless of, of timber there's absolutely um a price there to be agreed with west ham in which they find realistic and achievable so mm. um for, you know that we've, we've just obviously got to wait and see to what what price it is going to ultimately be in the end Absolutely. I just just to kind of round off the the rice thing. I, not to round it off completely because I'm sure in the Q and A you guys are going to have some questions throwing in. I'm sure, but I I on the channel have said for so long, and those that have watched it for some time will know that I the most comical reports I see are the war chest reports. You know these ones of Arsenal to be backed with two hundred million pounds this summer. This window more than any other window should teach you how rubbish they are because. When it comes to budgets and what Arsenal have to spend, they are nearly non-existent when it comes to clubs and about because the reality of the situation, to my understanding, to what when you know speaking to people involved in clubs is is that it's not the case, and that is what happens when you have players structured in terms of deals. So you look at the Havertz deal; Arsenal haven't spent sixty-five million pounds of their budget on Havertz this summer yeah. because there isn't a budget. You know they have individual valuations of what they are willing to spend on certain players. That's why you didn't see us go any higher than 70 million for Caicedo in January. It's why you didn't see us go any higher than 80 million for Mudrick. And eventually Chelsea obviously agreed an 88 million pound deal with everything all in on him with, you know, a structure and add-ons that were more um, acceptable on their side. With Declan Rice, we have a valuation individually, which is why, it didn't matter what we invested in Kai Havertz if we got it below or on our valuation of the player because whatever we have got in terms of evaluation for Rice will not be affected by that Kai Havertz deal. The same with Urien Timber. We will have a valuation for Urien Timber that we will not go beyond. James, do you want to come in on that point? I think you're, I think you're spot on. It's why I get really irritated by these, like, I can't believe we spent $65 million that could have gone on Caicedo. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Just, if they want Kaiseido for 120 million, they'll get Kaiseido for 120 million. I'm not saying there's not a limit to what they can do. Mm. But the point is that I think this idea that, and look, I, by the way, I'm sure people right now could dig up a tweet where I've said that. <laughs> I definitely said that. Uh, we've all tweeted things we don't agree with anymore. It's Absolutely. just the way of the world. Yeah. I'm sure I've said, oh, but we spent all this money here where it could have gone there. Um, yeah, I, no, I just, I, I don't really have much more to add to that. I, just that yeah. what you just said, I, I, I think people just get a little too 
listen, I always try and give football manager the credit it deserves for its accuracy, mainly on player <laughs> scouting. Uh, but I'm not sure the way transfer budgets work is completely accurate. Uh, although they're quite yeah. good on the add-ons thing. I, that is, I do get offended when they, uh, I get bids for my goalkeeper and it's 10 million up front with 40 million add-ons. I always reject them. <laughs> That sounds like Arsenal are trying to bid for your goalkeeper for the sounds of things. Um, Raybeam says, Stan recently added $2 billion to his personal fortune. We can afford most players. And again, this is the misconception. It's not about what Arsenal can afford. It's about what Arsenal value the player. You know, certainly Arsenal, I imagine, could, you know, if they wanted to, if the owners wanted to, could spend £120 million on Declan Rice and go that level. But if the, internally, the play, if the club don't value that player beyond a certain figure they're going to be very reluctant. Whereas Manchester City might value the player. I mean, James, as you alluded to earlier, there's reports that Man City have either had internal kind of debates about whether or not they're willing to go that big on Declan Rice because they necessarily don't value him that highly. If you remember, Man City had a valuation for Mark Kukurea. They didn't get Mark Kukurea because Brighton's, Thank what you. they wanted was more than what Man City were willing to pay. And so we went to Chelsea. And and I, I had to jump on that because I uploaded a video to my channel the other day. It was a chat I was having with Robbie about knowing to say no and what I was basically talking about was look it's very easy Man City who are in the position they're in to be able to say no and and the fans don't really kick up a fuss I'm sure but the way they've operated and we've touched on this they wanted Maguire they wanted Alexis Sanchez before they'd won a trophy under Guardiola and ultimately it didn't happen I can't quite remember was whether that's because we rejected everything or ultimately they weren't getting to the fee mm. we wanted, but it didn't happen. They wanted Alexis Sanchez. They wanted Harry Maguire. They wanted Fred. They wanted Jorginho, but Chelsea came in with more. They, there have been several targets that they have known to say no to. And people kind of look at it as like, well, being a big club is just spending what you've got to do, do what we've got to do. And there is an element of that. There is an element of we are going to overpay. We are going to do that little bit more because this person, this player is crucial. But at the same time, more often than not, it is sticking to your valuation because it, it, it helps in the long term. When you move to your next target, that club that is hoping to receive funds for you, they're not going to demand ridiculous fees. They know how you operate in the market. And then when you come to selling players, I also think you work on a more respectable level because mm. it's, you know, we're not going to keep players that don't want to be here. Uh, we're not going to take the mick when it comes to the transfer fees we demand, but we expect the same back when we're doing deals. That's why Man City are kind of very rarely buying and selling at the 80, 90 million pound mark for their players. Jesus and Sterling went for 45, 50. Haaland came in for around 50. Kane was demanded for 120. They offered 100, didn't get done. They walked away. Like, I think there's somewhat, and I know City, there's a lot of criticism for the way you know, the 115 charges and all this kind of stuff. But if you just, I know it's hard to ignore all that, but just for a second, folks on the transfer window, they operate very smartly and actually very respectfully or respectably, like from the outside looking in, I respect the way they do business. Professionally, might be, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think professionally is a good word for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and look, and, and they've got very great success from that, you know. And, mm. you know, they've bought Kovacic this summer, you know, for a reason, I think 30 million pounds. You know, you look Smart at that deal business. and you're like, it's good business, you know. They're adding a player that's going to this Premier League competitive, won a Champions League. You know, it's going to replace what they've lost in in Gundogan. Even Gundogan, you look back at that deal, nothing was really made when they signed Gundogan. You know, it was just a son a good player from Borussia Dortmund. He's turned into yeah. a world class player. And I think that that happens with Arsenal. You know, we we saw it with Erdegaard is a great example, a player that we signed for thirty million quid, similar to what we spent on Zinchenko. Both those players have gone on to prove it to be massive assets to this team. So. 
the valuation of players that clubs like Arsenal and as James has highlighted their Man City as well is really important when discussing kind of the level what we can go to. Yes, we might be able to afford those players. Should we be going 20, 30, 40 million pounds over valuation? I'm not sure that's sustainable um, for any club, you know, as Man City are proving. Um, we're going to go to questions uh, into the chat box now. So if you do indeed have questions you'd like to throw and use the capital Q at the start of your comments, it helps them stand out. We're going to tackle some uh, super chats. But before we do that, there is over 1,400 of you watching. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new and give the boys a chance to shout out where you can find them. James, where can people find you, mate? Do you know, I changed my social handles recently, so I've kind of forgotten them. <laughs> it's something like uh, James B underscore AFC. It's something that like that. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, is James that it? Okay. Good. Thank there you. you go. um, but I am I am uploading content uh, to my own YouTube channel, actually, now. Um, very much inspired by what you're doing with the Guna Talk and, and obviously all the stuff I'm doing at AFTV as well. So go check that out. Um, it's just called James B, I think. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I'll make sure to leave a link to it in the description. Oh, uh, Chris, uh, thank you as always for coming on, my friend. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, pleasure to be on as always, Tom. Um, I'm just mainly on Twitter, um, at cdavison underscore AFC. And uh, yeah, obviously regularly posting on there. So um, yeah, that's where people can find me. Yeah, I don't actually know these two. I just searched underscore AFC and they both popped up. So uh, that's uh, that's why they're here. Uh, let's go to those super chats. Tom Savol says, talk us off the ledge. Clear things up for us. You're better than therapy. Question, why are Skies and BBCs off of the world pushing the narratives from unconfirmed rumours? That doesn't help. I suppose this is the paper talk articles you see come out james what do you think of the paper talk articles we see all the rumors do you want a really cynical answer i'm not begrudging them it's it's money it's views it's and i'm not listen there is we touch the glasses he's serious <laughs> yeah yeah it's i i think i think in fairness that rumors are out there the other day we covered the habits rumor on AFTV, and i nearly didn't because i thought one person said it should we and now a lot of people would have gone come on one rumor you're gonna he's our first signing so there is you almost do want to keep on top of these things mm -hmm. if they're being said sometimes there is no spoke without fire and you want to keep on top of it um but of course there is also uh, a degree of like look people are talking about it we're going to be a part of the conversation mm. Yeah, I think you're, you're bang on, you know, the morning 8am shows rounding up all of the rumours that we've seen, you know, sometimes I don't use certain ones that I see, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not going to include that. And then someone will ask me in the Q&A about that rumour and I'm like, yeah, I just didn't feel there was enough credit. And I'm exactly like you on the car Havertz. The, I can't remember the person who first called it. I think it was Alex on a Chelsea Goldberg. side of thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was Alex Goldberg, wasn't it? And I've not heard of Alex before, to be honest, with, with the utmost respect. I've just not heard of him before. And so I was like, mm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. So I'm not going to include that because I might get someone turn around saying, "Who who's that? You know, why are you including that bit of information? So I just thought safer, leave it out and look where we are. So, you know, it's, it's things like that. So you're absolutely right. But yeah, engagement massively involved in that. So Tom, I hope James answered your question there. And Wayne says, there's been a lot of hyperbole, great word, about Arsenal always missing out on top targets. It really, how many top targets has Arsenal missed out on other than say Mihailo Mudrik, which worked out better for Arsenal. Chris, do you want to tackle that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, probably Arsene Wenger probably hasn't helped with this, has he? Because he comes out maybe every week and names a player that he nearly signed, um, <laughs> who's now one of the best players in the world. Um, but look, now I think, obviously, when you can look back at someone like Mudrick, for example, and be like, well, yeah, thank goodness that didn't happen. I mean, well, yeah, he's he's struggled, hasn't he? But 
again, it brings me to my point I was speaking about earlier. When we were speaking about um, potentially, obviously, if we, we miss out on Rice, if that's the outcome. You know, I, I can understand why there is that that reaction of anger and regret and, and, and why people are, are questioning it. Because it's been... Like it was with Mudrik and obviously similar with uh, Caicedo. Again, I mentioned him in January when we saw those bids rejected and now with Rice, um, which obviously we don't know the outcome of yet. But it's been reported on for so long, hasn't it? It's been out in the in the public for so long. I think even before this year, Rice was being mentioned as a top target for this summer. Um, and I think when it's been spoken about for so long and when especially, especially when Arsenal are, are viewed as the favourites and the players favouring a the move there, etc. It only builds towards that anger and 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 um, disillusion when 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 it ultimately doesn't come off. Um, and I, I think you know, look, as Arsenal fans, us free, everyone watching, um, we want what's best for this football club. And I think we can all see that a Declan Rice would be huge for Arsenal, not just for now. Um, but for, for the years to come. And, you know, in terms of what he will bring, the qualities um, and, and the contributions further down the line, it, it could be huge. And I think with that on the line and the impact that he can have on this football club and, and, and future success, I think that it, 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 it's, it's impossible or it would be impossible Say that it doesn't happen to 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 not be to not to not be upset to not be angry, um, and I think you know again with a question always missing out on top mm -hmm. targets. No, it's not always to answer that. It's not always. I mean, Jesus top target for us in in in, in well last summer we got him, mm -hmm. and again I, I suppose you can kind of compare that to to Rice. There was a lot of competition in him. Um, and uh, Arsenal had to do a lot of convincing. Well, I say I had to do a lot of convincing. I don't know, but you know they had to convince him that Arsenal was the right place for him. Ultimately, other than somewhere else, and we got that one done. That was, I think, it was widely reported, wasn't it? Though it, it yeah. like, Gabriel Jesus, uh, centre forward, was our yep. priority target, oh, and yeah, Erdegaard again. We got these deals done, so I think always, you know, that's not fair. But I, I, I can see why people react like that. Oh, we're always missing out at Madrid because I say, you know, potentially Rizzo, etc. Um, uh, because these are big deals, aren't they, Tom? You know, they're, they're, they're big deals for big players who can have a big impact on Arsenal Football Club now and in the years to come. And I, I, I get the anger, I get the frustration. Um, but it's just because, you know, we, we want what's best for this football club, don't we? We want what's mm -hmm. best for Arsenal. We want to be competing with the top teams around us. We want to be closing that gap on Manchester City. And obviously, now we're back in the Champions League on, on some of Europe's elite. We want to be closing that gap. We want to be competing with them. Um, uh, so, you know, that's why you've got to go out there and get these top quality players. It's not going to be easy. Of course, they're top quality players. A lot of teams will be showing interest, as we're seeing that now with, with Declan Rice. Um, there's there's never a guarantee in football, especially in a transfer window. We've seen that. We've learned it the hard way before as, as Arsenal fans, and it won't be the last time. You know, I'm sure. Obviously, fantastic. Hopefully, we get Declan Rice over the line. But I mean, Mudrik, Caicedo won't be the last ones that don't get over the line for Arsenal in the future. There will be more that we miss out on that I'm sure we're at the very top of of our list. Um, I mean, the Sandro Martinez. I think there was a comment on there earlier. 
Um, we missed out on him, of course. Again, rumoured to be our top target. But if this club has proven anything, if this recruitment team has proven anything over the last few windows, we have a very, very solid backup plan. And again, I, I, I think that I'm trying to look at the bigger picture and trying to think positively. If we miss out on, on Rice, for example, I would like to think, based on what we've done over the last couple of years, that, that we will go out there, react accordingly, react quickly, aggressively, and, and get the perfect plan B, uh, whether that's Caicedo or something else or someone else. Mm. Um, we've, we've seen that recently and that gives me that gives me a bit of confidence, a bit of optimism um, throughout these transfer windows now. So but let's let's hopefully see Declan Rice get over the line. And then I think we can safely say that we're not always missing out on top targets. Backhand says, should we start a GoFundMe page? Everyone puts in a fiver and we'll blow City out of the water. And I think that's not that's not a bad idea. Uh, it's not a bad idea at all. Uh, we're going to go through the rest, uh, as many of your questions as we can. We're going to go quick fire uh, now. So, Chris, I'm looking at you, my friend. Uh, quick fire questions. Uh, Jan uh, says, uh, James, should we be looking at Caicedo again, just in case? If we don't get rice, sure. Look at Caicedo. There you go. That's, that's quick fire. That's how it works. Uh, Lynn says, if we were to lose Rice, uh, would you take uh, Milinkovic, Savage, Chris, or Barella, I assume, is is the other player that Lynn is, is alluding to there, the Inter Milan player? Yeah, I would be very open to that. Of course, I think maybe different players technically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be open to that. They've obviously proven themselves um, at a very high level. Um, and obviously, they've got obviously a good age to prove themselves even further. So, yeah, I think they would be they would be decent alternatives, put it that way. Uh, James Dean Mobley says, why would Arsenal be happy to let our two main midfielders leave when there is so much uncertainty in regards to our midfield incomings? Well, hasn't the Xhaka thing gone really quiet? I think mm. that's interesting. Uh, I will keep it really brief, but I just, I'm not a fan of this idea of like Partey, Xhaka out and Lavia and Rice in. I, I'm not sure it's an upgrade. I, I think in like three years time for sure. Uh, but like for the here and now, not even just because of that, just because our, our team is so finely tuned to play a certain way. How do you add two players to the very core of it and expect it to just keep going or if not get better on last year? which is what we're trying to do. So um, I don't think they will be leaving without, uh, I don't know, without quite like strong plans in place to be better coming out of the window. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, the whole Xhaka, Partout, Lavia, Rising, it's not strengthening. That's not strengthening the existing options. So I do certainly agree. Sticking on that Xhaka line, Jay Ryder says, Chris, do you believe that selling Xhaka and Partout in the same window may be a mistake, subsequently placing such great deal of faith in our newly acquired players? I mean, yeah, quite potentially can come back to bite us, can't it? I mean, but ultimately we won't know that until a few months' time. Um, but as as James alluded, I think it is, you know, put it this way, a very, very big risk to let go, um, uh, to let so obviously um, two of your, your most important um, midfield players go. Obviously played a big, big part in where we are today. Um, and then bringing in, you know, new faces that... Um, James sort of phrased it as a strong plan. Um, yes, it does need to be a strong plan if those two go. Ultimately, you need them players, you want them players that can come in and hit the ground running. One of them be Declan Rice, which I'm sure he can probably do, knowing the league. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got to be a hundred percent sure if we're letting those two go. As I've even been um, talk of El Neni going is interesting from Turkey and him as well. And again, I know he's not been playing, but that's another player who's been here for several years. Um, it's, it's a big, big risk. But what else can you do other than trust those in charge? Can I ask you a question? Do you two think there's a chance Jacker stays? I don't personally. Um, I don't know about you, TC. Only if Arsenal don't sign a significant midfielder. And I don't include Lavia in that, by the way. Um, I agree. I'm with you. Even though he's like a big money player, I mean like, a, you know, a, a worthy title challenging starter like Rice Caicedo level. Uh, you could probably include, um, you know, Malinkovic Savic, I suppose, in that kind of bracket as well. If we don't sign one of those, I, I'd, I'd be disappointed if they sanctioned that exit. Um, I yeah, I, I, I spoke to him after the Forest game, um, and me and Simon Collins for the Evening Standard were asking him, like, uh, is, are we going to get any update on your future? And he, he, he said to us, "You're here before mm. the Wolves game," and. We've heard nothing. Like nothing has been. And, and Simon actually asked the question, "Do you want this resolution kind of out in the public before the Wolves game?" And he was like, "Yeah." And we've heard nothing. So clearly, Arsenal have overruled that idea that the the agreement with Leverkusen that he has, that we understand he has with Leverkusen, is you know is being delayed because. And look, I don't blame them. By the way, I don't think anyone should criticize Arsenal for you know holding off on that because they're just covering their backs you know we've left ourselves short in the past you know think about times we've allowed Kalasnach to leave in January and then not brought in a left back and then Tini got injured you know uh it, it's things like that that we need to make sure that we don't do so if we do allow him to leave and we don't sign a midfielder we, we've left ourselves short so I do respect yeah. the the fact that they've done that um there was another super chat from Atul. Um, who was next? I've lost track of it. Um, I think it was James. It was James. Uh, Sky reporting the Man City have matched our bid of 90 million. However, they've changed it to two installments and better terms. And they're ahead of us now and expect this to be confirmed. What do you think about it? Uh, I just... Is enough? He really didn't like you answering yeah. that question. <laughs> yeah, I think it's James. I'm logging off. Uh at all i don't mean to be rude because i might have missed something but i haven't seen that from sky that's so I what i think he's alluding to is uh football daily who obviously tweet a lot of sky sports news um vid like clips yeah they're talking about demarzio's report and obviously demarzio does i think work for sky italia so sky, yeah that's yeah. where i think it's coming from okay yeah. uh sure um when i think about it i i I think we can better that. So I think if that's their opening offer, fine. They, yeah. I think they'll make an offer of some sort. So if it's that, I'm quite happy with that. I'm more worried. I'm weirdly more worried if they come in and offer like 100 million pretty much there and then. Then I'll be like, oh, gosh, okay. They're trying yeah. to get this done quick. Yeah. Indeed. I think Chris may have had a, uh, a power cut. So we'll mm. see if we can get Chris back, hopefully soon. Um, until then, myself and, and James will tackle these questions. I did say into the chat, um, if anyone could ask about Timber, yeah. that'd be great. I know you're all very much, you know, focused on. So we've naturally just had people go, uh, Timber? <laughs> That's yeah. the question. That's it from Tezzy. I mean, you did what I asked, to be fair. Yeah, James, I, I feel like this is a deal that's really going under the radar right now and all the focus is on obviously that the habit's still being done and then the Declan Rice behemoth that it is for me Timber is one of the best young center backs who can also potentially play in, in the, you know the, especially the style of right back we use yeah. in the world 
And we're progressing towards completing this. The player's very open to it. It seems Ajax are willing to come down on that 60 million euros. And I think there was a report from, um, I think it was Mike Vavrek from the De Telegraph reporting that they may be up into between 40 and 50 million euros. For me, this would be an amazing piece of business by Arsenal. I'm so with you. I'm so with you on this, Tom. I, I, I just have had a big smile as you've been talking about Timber because <laughs> this is one of those that I think if you asked, if you gave Arsenal fans an hour to draw up a bit of a dream transfer window slash realistic one, I think a lot of Arsenal fans would have had Timber in there, but not really kind of believe because there haven't really been any links or, or rumours or anything. Then out of, out of nowhere, David Ornstein drops a nice 11pm bomb that kept me up for another two hours. Yeah. Plotting. I really and... shouldn't have checked my phone that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just finished watching the Inbetweeners movie, so I was in a completely different mindset, and then suddenly that drops. And look, I, um, I think this is a great signing. I'm confident it'll get done, mm. uh, and I think it'd be a terrific signing. He is so perfect for the depth that we need. We need someone who can get forward and is a serious ball player if we need cover for White. But as you mentioned as well, I think I think you said in your tweets, you know, he very much is a centre-back. You know, I, I think maybe Arsenal has ran away too much with this idea that he's coming in to be depth at right-back. But at centre-back, he, he's very good as well. And I sort of see him, you know, and I know that we get ridiculed for copying Pep's tactics, although I've got... We can chat about that a different day. But... Um, in the way Stones comes into me, if you are going to copy tactics, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good one to copy. The, one to go to. the treble winners is probably quite a good set. Of, although yeah. I maintain the box midfield shape Arteta did before him, but mm-hmm. it was a version of it. But City fans will get on me for that. Uh, um, the way Stones comes into midfield, I don't think maybe maybe White, but I don't think Gabriel Saliba White really naturally do that. Timber looks like he really could naturally do that. And I think he just gives Arteta another way of adding something more to that midfield and playing around with his defence. So I'm a huge fan of that. You'd get bored, Chris. You, uh... It's so hot in my bedroom that my phone overheated. and it just Wow. <laughs> I weren't kidding, people. It's genuinely, it's ridiculously warm here uh, in the UK. Yeah, apologies for that anyway. It's yeah. It's, it's, you need shirts, lads. You need to get us on the on the shirt hype. That's what you need. Uh, it really does help. Uh, <laughs> I was just asking um, James about Timber, Chris. Uh, we are getting a fair few questions in. A lot, um, just kind of talking about how we think it's kind of going under the radar about how good of a deal this would be for yeah. Arsenal. Uh, I did see a question. I'll try and find it as you're talking, but I'll ask it. Uh, here it is. Rabium says Timber's only five foot ten. That's pretty short for a centre half. A lot was said about this when we were linked to, and then Man United obviously bought Lissandro Martinez. He was pretty good last season. So do you feel yeah. as though the height thing is not necessarily something to worry about? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I mean, you pointed out Martin is there and he's had a really strong season. Um, and uh, I think, I mean, physically, Timber looks um, you know, quite strong, well built. Uh, so he'll be, he'll be accustomed to, to the Premier League. I think he'll settle in quite nicely. Um, he's pacey. Um, as well, likes obviously pushing forward. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be a huge issue that the whole height thing. Um, there's been several players down the years, even several players now in the Premier League that you know height isn't on their side, but they've, you know, they've they've grown into the Premier League. They've done really well. Um, and I think yeah, I mean physically, um, he looks, he looks, he looks strong, looks good. So um, yeah, it should be fine. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, jumping back into the, we've got uh, just about five minutes left. We've got time for a couple more, uh, I think, as well. Vanna Duty says, James, do you think KSE are slightly complacent with our squad because we finished second despite injuries at crucial stages and don't think it needs a large amount of spent on it? I mean, do you even agree with kind of the point of view there as well? I don't think KSE are really thinking about the squad. I really think they are leaving Arteta to drive all this. Um you know, if 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 we if we if by the end of the summer us as fans feel like actually we needed one more midfielder and we needed some depth at left back or whatever, and Arteta is looking at it and going, you know, there's a hundred million more I could spend, but I don't want to, then that's his decision. I don't think I don't think KSC are looking at the squad and telling him how it should be run, managed, built on, developed. Um, I really think Arteta and Edu are the... And I, I think, actually, on that front, it's very much Arteta. Edu, I think, will just help to identify players and get them done. But I really think the Arteta is driving the 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 squad being what he wants it to be. Mm. Yeah, I, I think... I, I worry, especially if we don't get rice, and I was talking with Umar about this in the Arsenal way this morning, is... If we don't get Rice, then that's another player that we've not delivered Arteta that we really wanted. Yeah, and I think there there's a growing there's a growing kind of realistic thing that Arteta could feel in the future that if he's not at a club that's delivering him the players he wants, that he could move. And I know there's you know there's so still plenty too. of Arteta outers out there. Sorry, what'd you say, James? I'm so on that with you as well. I, yeah. I I think I think no matter what happens this summer, I think this year being back in the Champions League and all that. I yeah uh, I I I think he's an extremely ambitious individual, and um, even even his love for Arsenal. If if we're not doing our bit, I think, and I think he'd leave with sort of the blessings and respect from the fan base in a weird way. If it was because we kept missing out on Rice and players like this, I think I think he would be tempted. I hate to say it. Yeah, me too. Um, I think we'll be able to take one more. Um, I think it was a good question, Chris, on Tonali that I'm going to try and find. Uh, yes, uh, Mohammed says, my question to all three of you, don't you think we missed out on a gem in Sandro Tonali that would have been a class signing for us? 70 million euros is said to be what Newcastle were paying mm. for him. Did we miss the boat on that one, Chris? I mean, potentially. I mean, he's, he has looked very impressive for, for Inter, hasn't he? Uh, uh, sorry, Milan, AC Milan. Um, I mean, but I don't know, it's... It's difficult, isn't it? We know comparing the Serie A to, to the Premier League and, and, you know, the style of football and the, the physicality. Mm. and Three the European tactics. finals their club's got to, it's worth pointing out. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Um, but, I mean, look, I, I think he's... I mentioned it with Timber, but um, I'm not sure how tall uh, Tonali is, but again, he looks very physically well-built and I think he'll... He'll slot quite nicely alongside someone like Bruno Camarais. Um, that's a brilliant um, midfield, isn't it? Uh, you've got to admit they're, mm. they're, they're building something very, very exciting at Newcastle. It must be said. Um, but again, they're they're in they're in the Champions League. They're the the reigning highs. They should do. Um, and they're they're looking for top top quality players, just like Arsenal with you know, in particular um, Declan Rice. I mean, they get to Ali. Hopefully we get Rice. We've got our star man in midfield. They've got theirs. So, I mean, it's it's obviously hard to say if we've missed a gem or not because I, I don't think you get both someone like Declan Rice and Tonali. I think they're quite similar, aren't they? Very defensive-minded and stuff like that. So, I mean, 
yeah, it's um, obviously further down the line, we'll we'll have an answer for that, won't we? But uh, you know, a, a lot of money he's got to obviously hit the ground running. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think for Newcastle and their style and what Eddie Howe has established there, I can see him fitting in quite nicely into that midfield and mm. and um, probably being another Bruno for them. You know, he's coming obviously done really really well. I, I think that's. That's a gem we missed out on personally. I think uh, I would have I would have loved to have oh, seen him in at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to say that with with Bruno, and maybe obviously further down the line that'll be the same with Tonali. But look, I'm I'm going to be relaxed about all of that as long as we get Declan Rice. Yeah, I, you know, I think if if we were talking about this deal being done a month later and we'd missed out on Rice and then Newcastle got Tonali, I might be, you know, on board with the idea that yeah, we've missed out on a potential good alternative. And I know Tonali isn't exactly the same as 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 Rice, but you know, playing in that midfield area, that central midfield area, you know, is all, I don't think there's many options alternatives to Rice out there to be honest. And if Arsenal are going to land somebody, it's it's coming from a very small pool of, of players. So I don't think right now he's a gem that you can say we missed out on because we're still very much on the Rice saga. Yeah. And until that's over, we can then start talking about alternatives that we've we've missed out on. And that does bring us to the end of today's show. Thank you, everybody that's tuned in. Uh, we very much appreciate your questions and your listenership as well. Drop a like and subscribe if, of course, you're new and you haven't done so already. And thank you as well. Please do send thanks to our amazing guests for today's podcast. Firstly, James, thank you so much for your time, my friend. It's been no, a Thank you, again. Tom. Thank you. On, I, I genuinely, I've, I've loved. It. Is this two or three times I've been on? But it, I've always enjoyed. It. It's great to chat, and we, we we always have a good chats on um, on Twitter as well. So, yes, always always enjoy coming on. Thank you for having me, and thanks to the comments as well. Because the comments are fantastic. So, yeah, big up to everyone tuning in. Uh, you can find James on Twitter at James B underscore AFC. You can I'm find glad you know it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Searching up on YouTube, James B, and it will come up as well. And of course, you can find the rest of his work over with the boys at AFTV as well. And thank you to Chris. A massive appreciation for you jumping on. Great to speak and link up again. It's been too long. And uh, you know, I'm missing those 10 a.m. link ups we used to do at the Arsenal way, mate. But it's great to speak to you again. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on again. Pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, sorry for, for cutting off towards the end there. Um, but uh, no, no, it's been really enjoyable as always. And um, to have James on as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you again for, for all of the comments and the, uh, for the guests. And um, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long again before we, we do another. Absolutely. I'm sure it will be. It's something about Arsenal. They give you a lot to talk about. So, you know, we're uh, in very much good need of, of, of fantastic guests, of which you both have been. So a massive thank you to you guys. Again, just to highlight Chris's Super Chat before we wrap up, if we were to let Partey go to Juve, what player would you want in return? As 20 million euros is not going to be increased upon, I don't think. I just think the short answer is don't let him go for 20 million euros. <laughs> That's just the short answer to that question. Why you would let him go for 20 million euros, I have no idea. Um, thank you, everyone that's listened. Uh, tune in tomorrow morning, of course. We'll be back with the next 8 a.m. show. As always, they've been going down a right route with you lot this summer. Hoping for some positive news on Rice. Stay, stay, stay calm. I'm ending my shows in the same way always. If you're getting too work up, if you're getting too angry, if you're getting too frustrated, take yourself away from things. Your mental health is worth way more than any transfer Arsenal can do this summer. So please do indeed look after yourselves and stay safe and stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.